What's wrong with your face? I've done this in a while. You haven't talked about a show in a while? Not on a podcast. You got this. It's like riding a bike. Did you ever learn how to do that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn as an adult how to ride a fucking bicycle. Like, no way. What do you what would that look like? Well, Shits Creek when Dan gonna, yeah, 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 that looked it looked like it went real well in Shits Creek. <laughs> that 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 is like spot on. Like that that scene definitely resonated with me. Like, like yeah, I can see the similarities now. Right. You know so it's not Conscious. like riding a bike. So it'll be like, I don't know, online shopping. I don't know yeah. what you're good at. Not no, that resonates. <laughs> hey, bubblers, and welcome to My Streaming Bubble. It's that little old podcast where I talk about the shows that I love with the people I tolerate. I'm your host, Jen, and today my brother Brian has joined me to not talk about The Leftovers like I was totally prepared to do, but since he made the mistake of mentioning Squid Game to me, we'll be talking about Squid Game. Hi, Brian. Hi, did I ruin your intro with that? With that? <laughs> <laughs> that sound that I made, <laughs> or made it better. Who knows? We, we all we all know that you're yeah you're tentative about seeing the leftovers. The second I I pitched Squid Game, you're like, yeah, that's a great <laughs> idea. I was like, okay, all right, I get it. Someday, someday you'll watch it. it. Whether it's for the podcast or not, I I still want you to at least just check out like the first season of Leftovers and see how you feel. But okay, regardless, excited to talk about the Squid Game today. Awesome. Yeah. So as I'm sure plenty of folks know it, you know, so this will be your kind of spoiler warnings, but it's the uh, South Korean Netflix original series that puts a deadly spin on innocent kid games like red light, green light, and some candy looking game and others just to know how far are you willing to go for a Klondike bar? So Brian, what'd you think of this show? I liked it. <laughs> I did. I, I liked it. I, um, I wouldn't say I was weary about watching it. It, it obviously got a lot of buzz. Like there, there's no mm -hmm. doubt about that. I think probably about, um, I don't have the source, but I feel like probably like 80% of all adults between the age of 20 and 40 went as a squid game character or as one of the, one of the like bad guys for Halloween. Like mm -hmm. I know that that was a very common thing. And so, yeah, it just seemed to be like one of those like pop culture phenomenons that like came along at the right time almost um like similar like similar to that of like uh what was that what's the crazy guy with the with joe exotic what was it oh what was the, the tiger, tiger king? king yeah like it, it's not exactly like that but it's just it, it like netflix seems to always like release these things that just like create a big cultural buzz and this was definitely one of them because i had coworkers that like couldn't stop talking about it so i i enjoyed it what about you oh i fucking loved it so i by the time I watched it, it had been out for maybe a few weeks. So I kept everything pretty spoiler free, but saw a lot of like the buzz, the popularity, also a lot of the conversation about the uh, subtitles versus closed captioning uh, versus the dubbed version. So I was like, all right, well, I was kind of in between some pod watching and I was like, I have time to squeeze in like a, a season of something. So it was between Squid Game and Midnight Mass. So I chose squid game and I was fucking hooked. I finished it faster than I don't, I don't know. I, I finished it in what felt like record time for me. And Oh, cause I also got sick. So <laughs> I had a cold and so I was mm. laid up in bed. So I, I, that's how I finished it. But Timmy watched that last like fight between uh, Ji Hoon and 
Sangwoom, but he missed like the big twist. So then he kind of wanted to go back and rewatch and watch the season. So I finished it, turned around, like restarted it and we burned through and Timmy's not a big binge watcher, but we managed to get in. We managed to finish it in what felt like record time. And then I went down the YouTube rabbit hole and watched all the things. So I, I love it. I, it was, it was so much fun to watch and so fucking stressful and heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. It was like all those things. And I think that's why I liked it so much. Yeah. I, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think it, it definitely gave me Black Mirror vibes. Like it, it, I, it kind of feels like it could be its own like Black Mirror episode in, in a way, mm -hmm. which I appreciate it. I mean, obviously we, you know, we went through the whole, that whole series and all of that and, and really enjoyed it. I think for me, it, it took me a second to get into it because um, I, I like watching shows that get buzzed. Like I feel like typically things get buzzed for a reason, but I also feel like I know you're into like horror and like gore and stuff. And like, that's no issue with you. And it's not really that big of an issue for me, but I also feel like I have to be in the, in the mood for that. And so when I had heard that there's some like gnarly stuff in there, which there is, um, I was like, oh, do I really feel like watching that right now? But to your point after, like, once I started getting into it, I started to realize that it's like, it's not just it's a well-made show. Like mm -hmm. it, it, it has like, um, I'm not an expert, but it has like, I feel like it has really great like character development and like some really fun twists and turns and like the, the variety from episode to episode, I really appreciated, right? Like it wasn't mm -hmm. necessarily, it didn't necessarily feel like one giant episode like some shows do. Mm -hmm. Like each episode kind of had its own flair and atmosphere and like different way of like the different way of like shooting things and stuff like that. And so, yeah, all, all in all, like it just wasn't, there was never really like a dull moment in the show, which kept me, kept me watching it for sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I even enjoyed, what's that episode two when they kind of are first released from the games. Cause they all agree that oh, fuck this, this is pretty fucked up. And then kind of getting a little, seeing, seeing a little bit more of who these characters were outside of the squid game and getting to know them a little bit and kind of understanding why they would first be kind of called picked to play the games mm -hmm. into like why they would go back and how kind of desperate they are and terribly, terribly in debt. Mm -hmm. I, I thought that was really done. Uh, that was done really well. Um, it didn't feel like it was dragged out or anything, or we got too much of story or sap. Everything felt really well put together and relevant and not just like, fluff just there for the sake of filling time yeah so we've got our, our main cast of characters um and i'm gonna massacre the names and i'm very very sorry <laughs> what's fu what <laughs> what's funny about this is that someone that doesn't know us is like like it's understandable that these two white people are gonna mispronounce <laughs> these korean names <laughs> Exactly. Plot twist. We're both <laughs> Korean and we don't know how to say the names. <laughs> In your faces. <laughs> Got you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was another reason why I thought us doing Squid Game was just going to be fucking hilarious. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so we have uh, Jihoon, number 456. Sangwoo, number 218. Mr. University. Uh, Seibyuk, 67. The North Korean gal. Ilnam, the old man, Gangbu, Ali. We all know who Ali is. Oh, <laughs> oh my God, it still hurts. 
uh, Minyu 121. She's the one that's like good at everything except for what she's not. And Dioksu 101, Mr. Thugalicious. And then we have the people behind the Squid Game. Uh, we have the front man and the VIPs and apparently some organ harvesting shit going on. Uh, and then not associated, but kind of gets pulled in uh, the cop that I just have written as the cop. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you need to know. All right. So with this cast of characters, you know, we first meet Jihoon and we see that he's got like living at home, gambling problems, you know, uh, divorced as a daughter. And so we see through him, we see kind of how people are selected. And that first kind of introduction of like, you know, when he's down in the subway and one of the recruiters comes up and he's like, oh, do you want to play a game? You know, you got to flip my card thing or whatever. And, you know, you get paid. And if not, then you owe me money, but I can slap you and you'll be, you know, we'll keep going. And so I kind of, I liked the, I like the recruitment process, right? Because that completely sets these players up to be like, it was all their choice their choice to participate and to do these things and kind of sets that up where the people in charge of the squid games where they're facilitating it but in a way to make it make their hands like as quote clean as possible everyone called the number they showed up they had a chance to leave they chose to come back all for the entertainment of a bunch of rich richie riches so what did you think about that just kind of with the i guess that wasn't so much the twist that these games are being performed for rich dudes. We see, we, we've seen that in other movies, but what do you think about that? And then we'll just go ahead and get like the big twist out of the way with the old man. Yeah. You know, now I'm number one. <laughs> uh, Hana number Hana. I think that's what mom used to said. I don't, I don't know if Hana is one or not, but she, she would always say like with sport, like sports guys, like whenever there's like a Korean, like baseball player, she'd be like, he's number Hana or something like that. <laughs> so that's, I have that, I have that stuck in my mind. <laughs> I, I, you, I mean, you, you out, like you laying all that out. So, okay. Let, let me, let me rewind. Let me start with this, sure. this plot twist for you about me. And don't be mad at me. You're going to be disappointed, but Surprise. I watched the dub version because my attention span is really bad. And so I needed something. I, I needed, I needed, so I needed to be able to hear, hear the dialogue while I was on my phone. No. And then, no, no, but listen, but gradually it, it helped me. I promise you, it helped me get into the show because I wasn't missing as much. I will, I will say this. I will, I will watch it again and I will watch it with the subtitles next time because now that i know like i'm kind of slow with picking up things when i watch things and so now that i know the the plot and everything and like i know like it, it it'll be better now going through it again subtitled so just just know that that I wow it this is and the it, most disappointing i've ever <laughs> been in you wow I know, I know. but i just i just wanted to say, get that out um so <laughs> but the way that you framed it was really interesting because it, it got me thinking about the the fact that they do have choice that that's that is a really interesting factor and it 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 is it is an individual choice from the beginning right so they they decide to opt in obviously they don't quite know what they're signing up for so it's like it's not really any fault of their own but they're clearly targeted because they think that th these are the type they're desperate right mm -hmm. so they they want to do uh, whatever they can to 
feed whatever addiction they have and, and, and help them out with their debt. But on a larger scale, I think it really is an interesting like exploration of the human psyche in a sense of like, they do, they do get a choice. Like you literally, like you mentioned, there's a point where the no's outweigh the yeses and then it just stops. And it's like, oh, like when that happened, I was like, what's going on? Like, I, I don't understand because it's clearly like, it's clear that it's already messed up what's going on. I mean, they, what they play the first game, the red light, green light, right. Mm-hmm. And um, people, people die <laughs> again, spoiler. <laughs> uh, and so they're traumatized from that. They start fighting about it. And then they get this moment where they're able to, you know, tap out of it. But then also at the same time, they're like, Hey, there's this giant pig of money that we'll give you if you, if you, mm-hmm. uh, if you win. And it just really shows how, it kind of shows the ugly side of human nature of like trying to preserve yourself, trying to preserve your own Mm -hmm. and really looking out for your best interests versus like the, the interests of everyone around you. I think that also speaks to the fact of like how shitty people's lives are outside of the game. The fact that they get, that they play a game where people are literally getting shot Mm -hmm. by playing a little kid's game and the fact that they're, they they sign up because they're like, this is a better opportunity. I'm getting a better opportunity in here than I am in the real world. I think that's be like, I think that's a really like, that's a cultural observation. I feel like that they're mm-hmm. kind of like pointing out with the show. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, I, I just, and I really like that it was just set up that way where it was all choices. They at no point were really forced to do to participate in any of this and it's like they kind of question and be like oh i don't know but then the second that pig came down and started filling with money and had like the video game coin money sounds which i i swear there's just something within that decibel range that just kind of clicks in our brains where we just want it we need more of it got them like got them that way and shit so they did it they did a good job um I know I have like the character names written down, but I kind of want to talk about the games that they played a little bit. So they played uh, Red Light, Green Light, Tug of War, uh, some candy looking game and uh, the, the Glass Bridge. And then marbles. finally, Marbles. Yep. And then finally, uh, Squid Game. So which one which one of those did you like the most or did not like the most or just kind of stood out to you? I, um, I think I started to get the feels a little bit during the tug of war, just because the way that they shot it, like the, like the old man being like, um, like, Oh, like I played this as a kid and, and this is the technique and, and like the whole, like, um, they really set up this moment of like kind of David versus Goliath situation of like, um, they, they talked a lot about gender, like picking teams and stuff like that. So they're mm-hmm. go they're, they're pitted against, they're kind of like, some of the people are kind of the leftovers of like, uh-huh, the, uh, sort of the leftovers <laughs> of, of the people that they could choose from on their team. Right. So they got, they got a couple women on the team and then they're facing like these, these quote juggernaut teams of like all men, like all, all, they're all strong. But then the old man's like, oh, I played this when I was a kid. And like, you have to, the, the whole like voiceover of like them doing it and the, the slow-mo of it, like like shooting it all in slow-mo. And then um, they're like stag, like they're staggered and they mm-hmm. have a, they're like all leaning back and shit. Like the way that that was shot was like, that that honestly was one of the moments that hooked me in was was that, was that scene just because it, it was such a cool, it was a cool 
such a cool way of shooting it. And then just on top of that, just the fact that they're the tug of war is just it's just a pit. Like literally, like you die if you mm-hmm. if you don't win. So um, I think that one really like resonated with me the most. I, I I don't really know if there was one I didn't like. I think they all kind of had their place, and they did a good job of working in. I don't know. They they, they all, all of the games seemed like pretty pretty interesting to me. Mm-hmm. I, I'll be honest, the Squid Game. This might have been just my own uh, fault, but like. I didn't quite understand the rules of the Squid Game. Um, I think maybe like I, I missed some of the details when I was I was watching it. But there's there's a little bit of confusion on my half that like I didn't quite understand like when they were like fighting and all that stuff. I didn't know how that played into like the actual game and and how that worked. So maybe I'll pay attention to that when I watch it again. It's from what I've gathered, it, it's definitely just like you kind of have to push one outside of a certain area. Mm. And so then, yeah, within the within the squid game, the final game, it's kicked up to a deadly level. But they kind of mentioned in the show that that was one of the more ruthless uh, kids games because you're kind of like more or less maybe trying to body check a person mm. outside of like the, the area. And at one point, one person's like hopping on one foot until they can get to a certain point uh, in the, I don't know, the board, <laughs> whatever, the sidewalk. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't fully understand it either, but it was it was interesting. Mm-hmm. But I was just and it like, makes okay. sense that they had they had that at the end, right? Yep. Like it set up that big that big like yeah. rainy dramatic fight and stuff like that. So yep. um, that was the only game that I didn't really quite understand, but um, all the other ones were really fascinating. And then again, like you know, there, there's moments in the marble game where it's so interesting going back and forth between all the different you know they're they're getting together with teammates that they're like oh, this person's strong. Like I want to be on their team. And then all mm-hmm. of a sudden they, it, it turns out that that's the person that they're fighting against. So it just creates this whole, this whole new dynamic. And then they, they follow kind of, kind of these individual stories of like, there's, um, Gihun who's with, um, the, the old man, mm-hmm. um, and, Il-Nam. uh, Il-Nam. and like, he's, he's, <laughs> he's trying to get him to play marbles because he needs the marbles in order to win. So then he doesn't die, but then the old man's just like wandering around this like neighborhood <laughs> thing, just like not like just just like telling him to fuck off and stuff. And then <laughs> like you have that uh, on the side, and then you have like Ali's situation where he they're like they he he's teamed up and they're they're really good friends and they're they they kind of like made a pack together, but at the same time like with the new rules, like one of them has to win, and so it becomes this like psychological game between the two of the well, mm-hmm. not on Ali's behalf. He wasn't trying to play psychological games before. <laughs> poor dumb fuck but um <laughs> but they, <laughs> but like so it, yeah and then and then obviously the who what's the who's the like badass guy oh uh Dioksu. yeah uh 101 we'll call him so yeah. delicious you say <laughs> um he yeah he has that moment where he's he's with one of his cronies like his like top crony and mm-hmm. they're fighting against each other and there's like a lot of like banter and bicker well I, I don't even know if it's banter if it's for if it's like that serious but like they're like fighting and all that shit and they, they end up like um he ends up like changing the rules of the game like getting getting that approved and so they like he's getting his ass kicked and then they switched to the different game and it, it was just there's a lot going on during that game and so that that was really fun to watch as well mm-hmm. what were some of your favorites Oh man. So it's right away for me was tug of war. That was like the most fucking stressful I have ever been (laughs) watching something. I was all sorts of just like 
like all balled up on the couch, just tense as fuck. And then like episode ended and I was like, next episode, next episode, like, and it better pick up right where it cut off. Cause it, it, they just had started pulling. They'd started with the leaning back. So I was, I was super fucking stressed out. And as you know, the, the old man's kind of laying out the, the tactic, it's like, oh, that sounds really good. Oh, that's a really good idea. Oh, that's totally going to work. And so kind of watching it all play out like, oh, it's going to work. It's going to work. And then they're like, oh no, like they're getting pulled and you know, take three steps forward. I'm like, oh my God, so stressful. And I loved every single fucking second of it. And it's like, I felt almost exhausted as they looked and yeah, marbles was just an emotional gut punch. Right. Cause you know, with Jihoon and Ilnam, you think in you know, Jihoon picking him was kind of like, you know, maybe a more or less like a mercy, you know, not like a pity pick, but like he he's still trying to be good and have hope and faith and trying to, I don't know, trying to be a bit positive. So instead of going with, you know, having any kind of strategy and who he's picking as a partner, he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to, I'll play with this guy. He seems like a, a nice guy to, to play some games with. It'll be fine. Yeah. And then watching Ilnam kind of you're thinking he's having he's, his dementia is kicking in. He's in a place that, oh, it looks so much like where he grew up and where he raised, had his family and this and that. And there's a part of me where I was like, that's a little suspicious, but I think I was still got all so caught up with a lot of the emotional aspects, like with Ali and, and Sangwoo and everything. And that it, it didn't, it didn't register long enough. Some of these clues of Ilnam you know, like I know better than to trust a death that happens off screen, <laughs> so, yeah. but they totally fucking got me. Cause I was like, Oh, this, everything is so sad. <laughs> <laughs> I was blinded by my feelings. I didn't see like all these breadcrumbs that they completely laid out for us. So that one, that one was the hardest. Cause I was really hoping that maybe, maybe Ali would find a way to get out of it but he he was just too good of a person too too sweet too trusting looked up to sangwoo too much and then sangwoo just being and he was kind of interesting throughout the games and his the the way he was deceitful and the way he he goes from just not really saying you know he casually says something to uh, to Jihoon during red light, green light, right. To help them both kind of get across. But then once he realized what the candy game was, he didn't say anything when Sangwoo was like, Oh, I'll take the umbrella. So he was quiet in his way, his methods to win. And then by the end, I mean, he's just straight up standing there with a knife over, uh, and just so bold and brazen about like, I'm here and I'm willing to do anything. So the shift, I think, where he goes from being a little sneaky about it to a bit more kind of in your face was after uh, was with Ali. I mean, he still lied and manipulated Ali, but really, I think after that, he was just like, fuck it. I'm all in. Yeah, 100%. So, yeah, let's see. Who else? Anyone else you want to talk about real quick? Well, I, I actually just want to touch on, like, I want to add on to what you just mentioned was like the other... I feel like I mentioned this on a lot of shows, but the other really interesting thing about like the character development and how they shot everything was the progression of like, like good guy and bad guy and like who you're rooting for because they keep the, like the rules keep changing throughout the show. So like, you know, you get the normal, like Jihoon is like a, 
a deadbeat, you know, you're not, you're not necessarily rooting for him. Like the, there's a part of you that almost feels a little bad for him. Like you can kind of tell that there's some innocence in there, but in general, you're just seeing this gambling addict, you know, that, that can't really get his life together. And then obviously throughout the show, he, I mean, there's some twists and turns, right? So like in general, you're kind of rooting for him and you start to see him be more, I don't know if altruistic is the right term, but like he, he's, he's being, a good guy in a lot of situations, like you said, mm-hmm. like covering for, for Ilnam and stuff like that, and like like having him be his partner in certain situations. But then there's, then again in the Marvels, it's like he he picked Ilnam to be on his team to make sure that he had a team, so he wasn't the last one, and that they thought the last person would, the person that wouldn't get a team would die. So he was doing it to help Ilnam by have, even though he would be a, probably a shitty teammate in whatever game. And then all of a sudden the rules are changed. And then now Jihoon becomes this guy that's trying to trick an old, an old man with dementia mm-hmm. so he can live. And it's like, do you necessarily blame him for doing that? Not really. Right. Like, it, mm-hmm. like we can all, we can all say that we would let the old, like, like, no, like that's not fair, but it's like an old man that's terminally ill has dementia. Like doesn't even know what the fuck's going on. Like, is it really that bad that he was trying to trick him that situation? Maybe, maybe not. And then, so that that's just, that's just an example of Jihoon kind of like going back and forth. But by the end, you're you're he kind of comes full circle and he kind of becomes this guy that you're like confident in backing. Mm-hmm. And you you see the toll that it takes on him, right? Like he oh, like yeah. you see the scenes where it's where he's like meeting with a with a bank and and stuff like that, and he's just a different person, like kind of, like kind of a, a shell of himself because the games took a lot out of them. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, just to go back on what I was mentioning is just like these people based on the games and how everything's structured, you start rooting for them. So you have the, you have the tug of war team that you're like, yeah, this is the team. They're the underdog. And then, and then they split up and then they, they do, they do different things and they start to deceive each other. And then, and then they, they get the partners and the marble game and all that stuff. And like, you're just constantly like shifting around, like, okay, who am I rooting for here? Like mm-hmm. there are certain characters like Ali that are just like, innocent through and through and you just kind of root for but i feel like a lot of the characters like you kind of go back and forth on like you mentioned the um the north korean gal like she's very mysterious too like there's moments where you're starting to think like okay is she gonna be like deceitful is she gonna turn on people and then like towards the end you start to realize like no she's just like she's kind she's kind of a broken person as well but she 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 gains that relationship with her partner. I don't remember her name, but they 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 like talk about their lives during the marble game rather than like really play it. And um, obviously, the North. Uh, the, I can't. I can't. Say yuck. Yeah, say um, she, <laughs> She's like torn up. That essentially, like you know, that I don't necessarily would call them friends, but someone that she started to like open up to and talk about things with, like mm-hmm. ended up dying on her behalf and stuff like that. So you just like yeah you just start to root for someone and then they then they either do something shitty or they die yeah <laughs> seems, to be, seems to be what what happens so pretty uh, much so i guess i like that i don't know like it, it, it kept it exciting i suppose yeah i really liked the like sabiak because at first you didn't really know like okay she's she knows Thugalicious from outside. You know, she's had, run, had run-ins with him and everything. And so she's very quiet, mysterious, kind of a badass, kind of intimidating. And then you find out that like her parents are dead. Her brother's in a foster, uh, foster home, basically. And so she's trying to win the money to get 
uh, her brother, I think she's, she still thinks her mom's alive, but I think it's revealed later that both parents had died. So she's still thinking she's getting the money to, to get her mom back and to get her brother out. So you realize like, okay, there are pure intentions here. All she's trying to do, all she's ever really tried to do is get her family across and together. So then when you kind of find out a bit more, you know, we see that when they're on that, when she's on the outside, but then, yeah, when she's having that conversation with that other female player, and I liked their kind of dynamic, that very little bit that we got of those two, because they were just kind of sassing both each other. Like, like they're both trying to, (laughs) trying to be like the badass loner girl Mm -hmm. there. But then we find out that this other girl, she had just gotten out of prison when she was approached uh, by the, by the recruiters. And then we slowly start finding out why she was in prison. And you're like, holy fuck, you know, she fucking killed her dad who killed her mom. And it was almost like a confessional moment for her. You know, once they realized what the rules of the game were and how it was going to play out and that only one of them was going to live, it was kind of her moment to get that off her chest and then kind of do something, you know, one final act of good, perhaps, to try and give Sabiok that that chance to win. Because she's like, there's nothing out there for me. You know, what, what am I going to do? Where am I going to go? And you know what? She's, she's right, unfortunately. So, but that was really heartbreaking. Cause you're just like, oh shit, damn. So that whole episode with the Marvel game, just emotional gut punch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it, it definitely, it was, it was a really, it was a really fun, but like heartbreaking one to watch for sure. Like seeing people like pinned up against their teammate essentially um and also you um i forgot there's something that you mentioned that triggered a question for me but i don't i'll I'll think of it later okay oh okay let's see what else ilna the old man so you know you go back and you rewatch it or you watch some of the stuff on youtube and it's like here here they all are here's all the obvious shit that you missed and I don't know about you, but I miss like every single one. Like, don't get me wrong. There was points where like it, with red light, green light, I was like, that dude is just a little too excited to be playing a game where you just watched a shitload of people get fucking shot up. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, he's got brain cancer. So what the fuck does he care? So I was like, right. maybe he's just having a loopy moment. I don't know. And then it just goes on. And so it, it didn't linger long enough. Uh, and again, with the um, uh, marbles and his off-screen death, I thought for a hot second, like, oh, maybe he's not dead. But you know who is? Oh, he's dead. And, <laughs> you know, kind of moved on from there. So were you surprised? Did you see that twist coming uh, of Ilnam being part of that the, the VIPs? No. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, but I, I think it's one of those situations where like it starts to make sense once you find that out. Like, like you said, like you kind of get a feeling during certain moments that there's like, oh, that's kind of weird that that's happening. But then I feel like there's a lot of like a sleight of hand almost with mm-hmm. the show of like, they give you kind of these little like hints and Easter eggs to to the fact that Ilnam's kind of behind it all. But with those, there's things that are distracting you from it that it's just, it's so difficult to like, come up to come to that conclusion Mm -hmm. um but i did i did watch 
you'd be so proud. I, I did in preparation. I watched a, a video <laughs> about some of the like <laughs> Easter eggs and stuff um, about like some of the stuff that they were showing that were giving clues. So there, there was one clue. Uh, I'm assuming you probably watched the same one because it had like millions of views. But one of them during red light, green light was that when you see from the uh, perspective of, of the camera or the shooting mm-hmm. that Il Nam everyone around him has a really dark green outline and Ilnam doesn't really. And so uh, people are thinking that that's because they don't, he doesn't want to get shot during the game. So they make it almost that like, that he has like a protective layer around him and that he like, he won't get shot. He's Mm -hmm. uh, they also mentioned that um, I think they said that there's music playing during it. And then, so like, it would be easy for someone who set up the game to know like when the cues are of like, of like when to go, or I guess it's, I guess it's like, I'm trying to remember. I don't know where the music comes from, but there's basically a cue for the old man yeah. to know like when he should go and we should not, because he he's like, he's fucking busting ass. Like everyone, like there's people like not even moving. They're like shaking and like on the ground. There's people that don't even make it across in time because they're being so cautious because they don't want to get shot. And then there's this, this old man just like fucking <laughs> sprinting like ahead of everyone. So that, um, so that that was kind of a pretty big clue. But there's, um, but yeah, like all the all like there's a bunch of other ones that that made a lot of sense as well. But it's hard to again, it's hard to see it in the show because there's just so much going on and you're not like focused on it necessarily. Mm-hmm. Did you? So you you mentioned you like kind of started to get a feeling about it. Was there a point before the big reveal that you were that kind of no? <laughs> no, not at all. You did a good once, job then, I guess. Once we once we got the VIPs, I, I figured that was it, you know, and I had stopped thinking about Ilnam, you know, wasn't questioning his off-screen death at this point. So when uh Jihoon gets those flowers from that little old you know, flower selling lady that clearly was a plant uh, of the VIPs or of at least Ilnam uh, or sell it to them. And with the card that said, you know, from your, you know, be at this place at this time. And it was signed his gangbu, which, which was like their little name that they had for each other during marbles. And I, I, I gasped, I sat up and I gasped like, <gasps> and then I felt kind of stupid. <laughs> And then I was like, well, is he even actually dying? Like, what, what do I believe anymore? And like, what the fuck? So they did a good job with that. <laughs> they totally got me. And you actually just mentioned something interesting too. If they would have, if the plot twist would have been that he's not actually sick and he's just like this demented fuck that does it. Like, I wouldn't have liked that ending. Like, I, I wouldn't have liked that. It's just like, oh, there's just this evil guy that just wants to see the world burn. Like, whatever. Like, there's a million <laughs> characters like that. But the fact, like, it's not that you feel, it's not that you feel bad for him or anything, but it just, the fact that he is actually sick just gives more context to the fact that he's like, you can at least see from his perspective a little bit more of like what he was trying to do. Like the fact, like, obviously, would we do that? No, we would not. We would not organize a giant, giant games and, and kill off a bunch of people during <laughs> it. But bringing up like he wanted, like being terminally ill and I guess being rich, he wanted to feel that feeling that he like, like when he was a kid. And the thing with games like that is like the stakes have to be high unless you get people that are like, like, 
oftentimes I'm sure you've been in this situation or maybe you'll, you are this person. No, no, actually you are this person. God, when shit. you play a game, you get a person that doesn't give a fuck about the game. And essentially <laughs> that kind of like ruins the game. Right. Because like the person, the person like automatically gives up and they're like, yeah, I'll play monopoly, but I don't care if I'm bankrupt the whole time. And you're like, well, this isn't fun then. And so oh, I God, think I am that person, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think that's like, the stakes are so high with like the money and the death and all that stuff that he kind of created this environment where he's going to get people that are trying their hardest. He gets to kind of relive his childhood with all these different games and stuff. Don't get me wrong. He's still obviously a sick fuck for having all the shit go through. But I think in his mind, the way that they kind of portrayed it in his mind, like, I think he was, I think he was like trying to help people because he's still giving them the money at the end, right? Like at the end of the day, he is helping someone with their uh, issues in real life, mm -hmm. but he just went. But for his amusement really, and for, for the amusement, amusement of others, yeah. first and foremost. Yeah. And it's like, and that's kind of what happened is like, that's how it all started. It's been going on for like, you know what, since like the eighties and shit, they've been yeah. doing this. And it's almost like, I can't remember if it was before or after he got sick, but at one point he was just like, yeah, like you said, the stakes weren't, stakes weren't high enough. It wasn't fun to watch this anymore. Mm -hmm. And he needed to feel that, that rush. So he put himself into the games and mm -hmm. rigged it where he would be safe for the most part, you know? Yeah. yeah. He's, he did that actor did a really good job because up until then, I just thought that, he just hired some old guy that didn't really know where he was at the time. <laughs> he didn't realize he was on a show. Acting. Acting. Oh, he did. He did a very good job. So it was the the reveal for me was was very shocking. And then I like that he also kind of got a, a Jihoon to play one last game, betting on humanity, which he won. Jihoon mm -hmm. won, technically. So yeah. good for him. Yeah, that was... Yeah, that old that old fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I missed a part. So the okay, you, you're gonna have to correct me if I'm wrong on some of this. So there's there's like a detective or like a a a, a police or the the police guy, right? Yep. So he's like kind of working undercover. He goes into a room with a bunch of files. So you mentioned that it's been going on for years. That was actually a, um, a detail that I missed when I was watching it. And then I watched the, the YouTube video early this morning that kind of mentioned it. Um, and then he opens, he opens one of the books and I didn't get like, it ends in that moment. They're like, oh, and then the episode ends. I was like, what, what happened? <laughs> like I did, I wasn't like, I didn't really get it, but I didn't care enough to like go back. But then I found out that I think the big reveal is that uh, he opens the book and the the number one. So it ha it has a page for each of the each number for each of the people that are participating. Mm -hmm. And in this book, Il Nam's number number one is not in the book, right? Like, is Correct. that is that the big reveal in that moment, or is that something no. that you're supposed to? Okay, so what is that, the big reveal then? <laughs> so what you're talking about is kind of just like another little breadcrumb that they left, right? Like we see that this binder for this year for this game starts with uh, player 002. So I remember kind of that moment and being like, why, why are we starting with two? But then I'm like, I'm like, oh, you know, sometimes binders, they have like static cling. So that first page sticks. <laughs> <laughs> I literally thought that. And then, cause then you only see you only see that sheet for like a hot second and then it moves on to something else. So. 
Like you thought <laughs> basic office problems. You thought, the, you thought the creators were so good that they worked into the plot that they're static clean with the pages. And that's why there's a missing page. <laughs> it's so dumb, but so smart at the same time. You know what I mean? Like, Look, it willing- doesn't make sense to think that that's what happened. <laughs> but you're right. That does happen. And that would like, that would be a reasoning for that. So it's like, oh my God, that's so funny. I know, I'm willing to like write off just about anything, you know, like some of these quote plot holes or inconsistencies or whatever i'd be like well it's it's this genre or these real life things happen just just so i can move on i think that's just maybe a way for my brain to not short out Mm -hmm. during these little things just so i can kind of keep going and i don't get hung up but yeah so my (laughs) uh, binder static cling is what what came to mind but the big reveal was that I just, I picture you like bundled up in your blanket, like at night, like just watching the show and just being like, oh yeah, the, those pages cling together. Yeah. I get that happens to me all the time. Like not even, not even thinking like hard about it, just being like, oh yeah, that's what happened. It's yeah. That's just so fucking funny. Oh shit. Yeah. So, but yeah, so the big reveal is that the cop finds uh, a list of winners, the people uh, who have won the games in, in past years. So the big reveal eventually was that his brother, who he's looking for. So he didn't go, this cop didn't go out looking for Squid Games or trying to crack this big uh, underworld ring of survival shit. He just kind of stumbled upon it. You know, he he's looking for his brother who went missing. He found one of the Squid Game cards, uh, business cards in his brother's room, an encounter with Ji-Hoon, which kind of led him down that path. So he's all just accidentally stumbling upon this shit. So he sees that his brother was a winner and I think like 2015, they had said. Right. And so, but what I wasn't sure about was that, so his brother won in 2015, came back, he got an apartment, a job or school or whatever he was doing, but now he's been missing for some time. I don't remember how long he's been missing now because the cop has that conversation with mom earlier in the season so at some point brother goes missing and then we find out that he's now the front man for the squid game so he's the dude in the black mask and that all comes face to face with them on the cliff and uh the front man shoots his policeman brother in the shoulder and he falls off the cliff so i don't think he's dead because he didn't die on screen and you know we learned that lesson but yeah, that was the big reveal is he saw that list of, of winners. That makes sense. That makes sense. I, I, rem- I remember that brother thing. I also remember them because there were, there were like, he has a conversation. Oh, what was it? It was, it was something about like the gender of one of the contestants. So was it, was it with a doctor or something where they had, there was a body that they were talking about. And then there was a reveal of like, oh no, it was like a, mm-hmm. It was a, it was it a was female a or something. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So that, so that, that reveal was like, essentially like that wasn't his brother. Is that Correct. right? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Cause he's still looking, he's thinking maybe his brother got, uh, is playing the game currently. And, uh, he's disguised as one of the pink suited squid game 
guards or whatever. And he hears them make that kind of uh, make some sort of comment about a scar or like missing a, a kidney or something just like his brother. So he still thought it was, but then, yeah. then there's this whole like organ harvesting shit going on on the side, which we only see kind of a little of it. It's, it doesn't seem to be tied to the games themselves or to the VIPs. So this seems like it could be something completely different that maybe the, the, the pink suited dudes are doing mm. a side hustle for them. So I was like, well, that's kind of like the whole organ, like that shit was like super weird and, you know, really gross and everything. Yeah. But then it's like, once they, once they caught the doctor and the guards doing it and killed them, that was it. So are they not harvesting the organs anymore? Or did he just kill the ones that were making the game quote unfair to the other, you know, the, the cheaters essentially. Cause that was, that was a big thing too, is that in there, everyone had the same equal opportunity. No one had a leg up and that's what made them different from the outside world. Everyone starts off on the kind of same footing, but yeah, they didn't really do anything with the organ stuff after that. Yeah. I, I kind of, I almost even like, I wouldn't say I forgot about it, but it, it just kind of like after the, there's that, there's that episode that really like focuses on that part. And then like the doctors like yelling at, at the other guys, like, let, let me do my work. And then like, it becomes this, then they don't, they don't tell him like the, the whole thing is like, they're supposed to tell the doctor what the next game is. And then after he harvests the organs, then they're like, we don't know what the game is. And then he goes ape shit. And then a lot of killing happens. But then after that, I just kind of like forgot about the organ stuff. Like it just kind of fell off. And I, I didn't really like realize the relevance of it necessarily. And yeah, I don't know if it was just going to be, if it's just supposed to be that kind of one little offshoot thing. And now it's done and over with because the people involved are maybe all dead. Or is this going to be something that comes back in like season two as a bigger role? But around this, when I, when I watched it the second time, other than providing that opportunity to give that doctor that kind of leg up and then showing the repercussions of that, it really, it really served no other purpose other mm -hmm. than to just kind of be gross. Yeah. And I'm not complaining about, you know, gross things, but. No, it, I mean, it was, it was still interesting. And I, I get like, there, there are, there are still plot things that kind of branched out from the whole like organ harvesting thing. So like, it makes sense, but like like you said, like I, I wonder if in the next season they would talk about it. Uh, by the way, is is the second season confirmed? Yes. Oh shit. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. Because what did you think about the ending then, where he Ji Hoon doesn't go off? So Ji Hoon wins, right? Yay! We're so happy. Yay! And after he gets out of his depression and he finds out about Il Nam and everything, he actually he start he uses the money because before that he hadn't touched any of his money and I don't blame him that's a lot of like guilt and like literally blood money and you know it's like how do you how do you process that how do you how are you a human being after going through all of that clearly uh, some people don't mind obviously you know the front man and then that's kind of the other thing is like how did like the front man and maybe past winners are they all now are they somehow get called back and working for the squid game but either way uh ji hoon went through like basically a year of depression and, and ptsd and trauma untreated and then 
finds out it was Ilnam and is like, all right, fine. Gonna pick myself up and use the money for good. He gets uh, Sebyuk's brother out of foster care and leaves him in the care of Sangwoo's mom with, I don't know if all the money, but a whole fucking suitcase of it. So I really, really liked that. I thought that was super sweet. Tim's like, he doesn't know anyone younger. (laughs) I could take care of the kid. I was like, she'll be fine. You know, (laughs) it's fine. Yeah. And then, you know, gets a new haircut and dye job and everything. And then he's going to go to the States because his uh, ex-wife's family daughter and had moved out there. So he's going to go for a visit. Now, I think it was a visit. I don't think he was going to move there. He was just going to go for maybe a long visit because he had the means to. But then on his way, he sees someone playing uh, that really kind of the first game of the squid game, the recruitment game. And he runs across and he confronts uh, the recruiter or no, he doesn't, he doesn't get to the recruiter. He catches up to the guy playing the game, grabs a business card, calls the number. And they're just basically like, you need to let this go and go visit your daughter and leave us alone. So then he chooses not to visit his daughter and to not leave it alone and hunt down the VIPs or try to stop it somehow. So what did you think of that? I thought I I did. I did like the ending. And I think again, like you spelling it out right now, like get like makes me think about it in a little bit of different terms. Like I think it does set up nicely for like a second season, right? Like, mm-hmm. like it's almost like when you're talking about that, it was like, cause the, the point that you're talking about, he was, he's, he's on the, like, he's walking into a plane. Right. Yep. And then he has that conversation and then he turns around and I didn't really put two and two together that he's literally being like, no, I'm not going to see my daughter. I need to attend to this. And I think there's, I think in some ways, I don't know. I might sound weird here. I think in like some ways people could look at that and be like, oh, like he should have picked his daughter. Like, why is he picking that over his daughter? But at the same time, when you think about the grand scale of things, then also his relationship with the, obviously he loves his daughter, but then he had that whole run in with um, her, I guess, stepfather, um, Mm -hmm. the situation where the stepfather is like, Hey, like stay away from her. Like you're, you're, you're bringing no good. And, And so I think, I think, he probably still had that in his mind a little bit. And as much as it, as he, as much, obviously he loves his daughter, but I think he he also sees an opportunity to help maybe more people if he's like able to stop this whole like shenanigans and stuff. So I think in some ways it's very, um, I think it's just like, yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, it's a little superhero. The, the hair dyeing was a little, I, I wasn't quite sure. Like, is there any more relevance to that? like dyeing his hair or is that just simply like like this character's going through things <laughs> like like uh you know what i mean like i, I don't know how much like go, like if there's a deeper meaning behind it or if it's just a thing that happened that kind of helps you understand like he's going through this progression i think there is a deeper meaning to it and from some of the other youtube videos that i've watched uh kind of indicate that it could represent just his kind of more take chargeness where he's, he is now more kind of assertive and uh, not so quick to maybe back down. And so picking a bright, bold color, also how that color kind of relates to the, the color schemes of the show itself. And now he is perhaps with that kind of pink hair matching more along the, the pink suits, kind of metaphorically working his way up within the ranks of Squid Game. 
of the squid games. So I think for the most part, it's, it's theory from the things that I've seen and that I've read. I don't know that if it's been confirmed that it's supposed to have some bigger meaning or if it's simply just, he's going through some shit. This is like yeah. his, his post breakup. I'm back. Look, <laughs> mm-hmm. well, it could be, it could be, I, I might be stretching here, but it, it could be kind of a, a situation of like, like when someone gets a tattoo of something like traumatic that happened to them, like it, it might, it, maybe it's something where he's like owning it and like rather than like denying that he went through this traumatic thing being like oh i'm gonna dye my hair something that remind the pink reminds me of those times but he's like owning the fact that he's like you know what i mean that like he's simple, not yeah. he's not shying away from it i guess it's yeah. kind of similar to what you're saying but I, I i wonder i wonder if that's part of it too but yeah never really yeah i didn't think Could about be. that i just remember seeing him dye his hair be like that's a weird it's a weird that, choice. That was a choice. That's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> maybe not the best for the skin tone, but that's all right. You know? <laughs> all right. Well, I know we didn't talk a whole lot about, uh, Min Yun, uh, 121. She's kind of like the, the con artist. Yeah. Woman. I, I, I actually did kind of want to talk about her just yeah, because yeah. she's a, um, I honestly just want to get your take on her. Cause she, she's just like, uh, She's a she's a weird she's weird she's a weird she's she's a weird yeah I thought she was she's kind of funny and interesting um I just definitely someone you know kind of part con part you know survivalist kind of just doing what she has to do to get through and to make it using her you know womanly wiles or what have you so I thought she was kind of interesting and kind of fun to watch, kind of infuriating as well, yeah. too. She was just very, very, very obnoxious. Yeah. She was know? like purposefully like very obnoxious. Yeah. Like the the, the thing that I, 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 I mean, I guess you could argue that she kind of had an arc in a certain way, but for a majority of the show, she was just like just trying just trying to survive i was, I was gonna say fucking suck her way to to the end but like that, 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 that that's not true because she only slept with a one guy but like yeah like you said like she she was being she she was being savvy and she was using everything to her at her disposal mm-hmm. including like psychological games to try to win i guess my question to you is like at the end you know she she's the one that actually takes out thuggalicious because they have that whole you know they have a moment where she in the dubbed version uh, i don't know what it says but in the dubbed version they she calls him babe or something in the yeah. moment of the leading up I, I didn't know if that was the same for the the subtitle but yeah she calls him uh she calls him babe well it's the word uh opa which has different meanings based on who's using it and who they're speaking to oh like daddy like like daddy or just an older man as, as kind of like a yeah <laughs> Thanks YouTube. I've learned that our people (laughs) have different ways to express uh, like names or whatever uh, titles of who they're talking to based on age and, and gender. So, Mm -hmm. cause there's a couple of times where in the subtitled version, uh, she says like Opa and uh, it's subtitled babe. I checked the closed caption and it was a couple of times old man. And because I guess he is older so it's, it's just kind of one of those very interesting linguistic things, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, no, it was still babe for the most part. Yeah. Whenever she, she used that. So. That was just such an interesting scene when they like ended up getting together. But um, 
So for the listeners, essentially what happens is that she gets she gets together with Thugalicious, they sleep together, they kind of like make a pact to like kind of be a team, and then hey. it gets to the uh the like the tug of war thing where no the bridge. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. It's the bridge, it's the yep. bridge thing. Wait, hold on. I'm trying to, but wasn't there wasn't there a moment where there she she doesn't get picked for something? Like he he decides yeah. Yeah, well, she wh- which game was that? That might have been that might have been um tug of war. Tug of war. Because and he because so, the Thugalish just wanted dudes on his team because he thought yep. that they needed like strength. Yeah. So there's that that deceit of like her thinking that they were kind kind of a team, and then he's just like, nah. Yeah. So then anyway, so at the at the bridge, uh, at the bridge game, she's the one that ends up taking him out. Obviously, mm-hmm. she's very bitter and all that stuff. The circumstances are very clear that they they don't have a he's holding everyone up essentially and he's saying if no one goes ahead of him that they're all just basically going to die so she obviously takes one for the team my question to you is do you think that that was like a like a truly like impactful moment for a character or and and that she had got like like there's (laughs) i don't know that there's there's like actually like something behind all of that of her development to get to the point where she is being a martyr in that situation or you're shaking your head so you already know <laughs> where i'm getting at or is she just like a con artist and she's just so fucking bitter that she's like i don't care if i die as long as i make this guy die and like like the secondary thing is like yeah like i'm kind of helping everyone else out yeah but it's mostly because like fuck this guy like yeah. is that that's okay, okay. I, that was my take i didn't really see a whole lot of like growth in menu 121 it was it was almost like she thought she had like kind of her safety net in thugalicious thinking yeah she's gonna partner up with like the biggest strongest toughest guy there be you know kind of protected and yeah using what's at her disposal and try to be like you know his old lady or whatever but that wasn't enough for him to want to keep her around so he is like nope i'm done and she's like i told you that you know, if you ditched me or whatever, if you turn on me, I will fucking kill you. So I think from that point, it was for her, her motivation was, I think, surviving long enough to get him. Mm-hmm. And so she had her moment on the bridge. And I honest, I really don't think that she really gave a shit about anybody else kind of in that moment and just enjoying other than just enjoying that sweet revenge and knowing that he was fucked yeah and yeah all right so it helped the other people behind her but i i really don't think that that was any of her intention i think that's where she was i think that makes sense with like who she was during the whole show i will bring up one thing I, i don't think this changes anything but i will bring up that um during the for the marble game she wasn't picked and so the 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 buzz around all of the contestants was that there's an odd number of people. If you don't get a partner, you're you're dead. Essentially, mm-hmm. they just kind of assumed that. Yeah. And so again, to your point, they have this moment where you're supposed to think that you know she gets walked away by the guards, and you're like, okay, she 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 gone. But um, <laughs> then you find out she's just sitting there like hanging out after the games, and she's like, no, nah, I'm still here. But I think I think that's a moment too where like it's very clear even before that for like the tug of war and stuff like even before that, like, she's, like, no one really wanted to be with her or, like, have her on her team, and that was a moment where she, she is so disliked that she doesn't even get a partner for the marble game, 
And so she thinks that she's going to die. Luckily, mm-hmm. she doesn't. But I think that there is that, like, y- you can't just ignore the fact that she she knows that no one else really wants to team with her and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, she's, I-, I think she, in the moment on the bridge where she does play Martyr, I think there's also an understanding on her side that no one is, she, she's not going to be able to do it. Like, she, yeah. she doesn't have any support from anyone else. She's super unlikable. They already put her in a situation where she was going to die during one of the games. I think she kind of understood that, like, it's also with your point too of like she wanted yeah, yeah. to last as long as she could to fuck that guy over but i think there's also like this loner aspect of her understanding like like nobody likes me i might as well just fucking go out with a bang yeah and no that's a, a really good a, a point she did yeah no that's a really good point i didn't uh really think of it that way but i uh, i think you can ab- yeah i think we're both absolutely right here yeah i think so too i, I think, think yeah i think we, we should nailed. write the next squid games i think is what we're getting i think now. we really nailed this character but <laughs> it was it was after it was after thugalicious kind of rejected her and was like god you're you're pushy you're you're clingy or whatever and as she stands up because i watched the subtitle version so i got all the korean and she calls him you know she's like yes icky. and i was like <laughs> I know that word. <laughs> I've been called that many times. <laughs> and so I, I kind of rewound just to make sure I got it. And that's when she called him an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, yeah, thanks, mom. <laughs> <laughs> so that part made me laugh hysterically. So then kind of after that, I was like, oh, what other swears can I hear? Because I guess like even in the subtitled version, they, they cleaned up her language. She was a bit more... Like if you under, like if we understood Korean, she was more crass and vulgar and a, a bit more sweary. So for whatever reason, they still toned it down in the, in the subtitles, but which was weird, but they, they let that one through. Yeah. I guess maybe because it was just the word. Yeah. And <laughs> just to like, kind of come full circle with her character. Like she is undoubtedly unlikable through the whole show. Oh But yeah. I also like appreciated her presence in the show. Like I, I like that there was always that wild card. That's like, I mean, it, it, it kind of is like um, you kind of do start to look through it through the lens of like children almost too. like these children games, yeah. like even though yeah. they're all adults and that the you know children aren't typically fighting to the death for during their games. Like you see, like she, she, like you can see her as a little kid. Oh, like yeah. she's that little shit that's just running around, like doing whatever the fuck she wants, like getting on everyone's nerves and doesn't give a fuck about it. And like, there's all, there's all these that, you know, there's, there's the smart kid and then there's like, um, you, you just get all these different, like you can see them as little kids almost yeah. and like how, how they like play together. And she's like, yeah, she's just like the menace. And like, I, I think that, I think they needed that. I think if she wasn't in the show, there'd be something like missing, like a big thing mm-hmm. missing with like the whole like character um, interaction. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, as infuriating and annoying as she was, I think, yeah, there would have been if she wasn't there, if they didn't have that character type, there would have, it's something would have felt missing and empty, but mm-hmm. it was just funny that, you know, everyone kind of assumed that the, the odd, the odd person out for marbles was going to die, but at no point was that ever stated or indicated at all. Mm-hmm. So it was so funny because like when they show the players coming back in and she's sitting there all smug and alive, <laughs> just like waving, like, Hey, even Tim was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I thought we got rid of her. That's literally what everyone's on the show too. That's yeah. That's funny. <laughs> so 
yeah, no, this was, I, I really, really liked this show. Um, you know, some of the buzz around it is, you know, some people are like, oh, it's, it's really good, but it's kind of, you know, stressful or whatever. And so some folks have, I've heard say they, they're not going to watch it a second time. You know, Timmy's just kind of like, why? He's like, what's wrong with them? He's like, "Mm, better question yet. What's wrong with me? He's like, I thought it was great. (laughs) And he's like, I don't, Timmy's like, I don't really get into like the gory horror. He's like, but I like this kind of horror, the more psychological, that kind of survival uh, drama, thriller, what have you. You know, obviously he, he, he um, recalls like a battle royale and, you know, a couple other movies within that genre. And he's just, he doesn't understand why people are so for good and bad, just so like up in arms about the show. Like, and I was like, maybe it's their first survivalist series. I, I don't know. Maybe people just aren't as fucked up as we are. <laughs> that, that could very well I be. Have a, no. I have another take on that. I I think, oh, I have to be careful because you have listeners. So this, this isn't just you and me. Yeah. <laughs> um, one perspective that I give is like, I wonder if people that don't like it are some people that don't really think about the like human, like the nasty part of human nature. Like they don't really understand that. Like, I think they think, like, I think there's a lot of people out there that don't like to, um, when they see a, a, I'm, I'm going way far out here, so I apologize. But like when they see like a criminal, let's say, so um, someone that murdered or, or a pedophile or something like that. Um, not that this is good or bad, but they're the type of people that look at that and it's very binary. There are good people and there are bad people. Mm-hmm. I think, I think some, of us under think like come from a standpoint of like people are complicated and that even though ideally we all make good choices and that we we do the right thing in most situations it's still in our human nature to have self-preservation to do what we think is right for us in certain situations and so I think some people that wouldn't want to watch that would be the same people that like don't really like grappling with those complicated thoughts sure and they don't like thinking about the nuance of like human morality and stuff like that, which I, I fucking love that shit. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think, I think it's so fascinating. Like, I mean, we, we've talked about it on the show, but like, you know, just as simple as like a murder or like, obviously whatever it's bad, what they did, they should be punished. They, sh- they should be held accountable. My question is always what led that person to do that thing? Mm-hmm. You know, not that it, not that it makes it right, but like there's a path that it goes because not everyone's a murderer. Most people are not murderers. So what, what, what was the difference with, you know, John Wayne Gacy, like, like getting to where he was. And so that's the, anyway, I'm, I'm going no, off no. a tangent, but that's the stuff that I enjoy thinking about. And I yeah. think you do too. Oh, and yeah. I think people that don't like thinking about that don't want to see the ugly side of humanity. They want to watch Disney and like, like all the other shows that they're more comfortable with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. I definitely like the, I, I definitely like the dark and fucked up and the, yeah, morality uh, questions. How far are we willing to go for this or that for myself, for my family, what have you for survival? So it's, so I do, I, I love asking those questions, having those conversations, obviously, because here we are, we can't just pick some something nice and fluffy or anything <laughs> yeah something yeah we choose all shit. the fucked up shit <laughs> like even leftovers is like pretty gnarly like i i, I don't what, what is that 
I, maybe it's something with our upbringing. I don't know, but <laughs> no, I, I think, I think that, I think everything with the show was done so very, very well from the, the intensity of the games to, you know, even the more graphic parts to the more humanitarian parts and getting to know these characters and then, yeah, kind of shifting who you're rooting for, you know, and, and why you might be rooting for them. So I, I, that it's just, I appreciate that. And I, I think that's a lot of fun. And I, I like when shows and movies kind of have those layers to them that really make you think and make you go, there is no good guy bad guy here you know they all have their motivations you know you know we can kind of understand being so desperate that you're willing to do murder to allow people to die I think people I think we are maybe for the most part capable of that kind of empathy so watching these shows really kind of tugs at that and then really does beg the question like yeah how far are you willing to go would you have even gone back you know, if you were someone that was even selected in the first place and everyone votes no to leave, would you have gone back knowing kind of it's so interesting and mm. so great. And I personally love it. And I, like I said, I watched it twice, like almost back to back. And that was very helpful kind of picking up on some more of these nuances and just that little bits that I had missed, but I, I, I can see how it's not for everyone. So yeah. I, I think it's for me, it's rewatchable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, w- I was just recently called like uh, a masochist when it comes to what I watch. <laughs> no, I mean, that, you know, you start to, I mean, I, I just did it on the opposite side, but it's like shows are supposed to be, it's totally okay for people to watch shows because it's something that's so, it's so different from real life. Like we mm-hmm. want an escape. And um, I think, it's just interesting. It, it just the, the the it's just it's just fascinating. I, I'd rather watch something like this than a rom com, mm-hmm. trying to figure out. But you know, are, are they gonna kiss or not? Like no, like those stakes aren't high enough. People are fucking dying in the show. Like that. <laughs> like that's like that is interesting. The stakes are high. That that's what makes it fascinating. Yeah. So um, I'm with you there. I think other people are lame. <laughs> totally, we're the coolest. So we're going to go ahead and start wrapping this up. Um, did you have any other like stray observations, scenes, episodes that we didn't touch on, but you maybe want to give a quick shout out about or uh, within the show? Out? Yeah. Um, I don't think so. We, we covered a lot of it and you actually answered some of the questions that I had uh, afterwards. Um, no, I, I think it was a really good show. I mean, not that anyone asked or anyone cares, but I'd give it like a solid like 8.5 out of 10, probably. Mm-hmm. Like okay. I, I think it's, um, or no, no, maybe, no, I probably give it like 8.2, 8.3, but I, that, that's still a solid number and I'm definitely planning on rewatching it. And especially now that I know that there's going to be a second season, I will most likely be watching it again in preparation for that, that mm-hmm. next season. Um, so I think it's a great show. And the, the other, I guess the one topic that I wanted to just call out is like, I think it's great that like Korean cinema and stuff is like really starting to take off for the most part. Like you got, you have director Bong like winning all sorts of awards and stuff for like Parasite and like all the movies that he's done. Those are, those are all phenomenal and um, like Okja and all of that. And so it's, um, it's really fun to see Asian actors, people of color, like 
being in successful shows and like being showcased in this mm-hmm. way. And like, like, you know, we're, we're, we're both Korean. You, you understand <laughs> yeah. that it's like, it's fun to be represented. You know what it I mean? Is. Like, um, I am, I am, I am proud of that. Like it, yeah. it, it, it's, it's exciting that white people have to watch uh, Korean culture a little bit in order to watch the show. Mm-hmm. You know, to speak on the representation. I mean, yeah, it's nice to get like Koreans on screen. You know, I feel like for a lot of years we had to settle for Chinese and Japanese. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. It's like, oh well, they're Chinese, but I guess I'll take it. it or it a felt- white person with squinty eyes. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. They look Asian. So. <laughs> so yeah. So I appreciate that, and I yeah, just like you, it's it's great that Korean, Asian, people of color creators are getting that much more attention and everything. So that's a good trend that needs to keep up because they've got interesting, different stories to tell. And, you know, people complain about, oh, Hollywood's remaking this and rebooting that. It's like, well, you don't have to just watch that shit. You can travel across borders, across oceans and seas easily through your streaming device Mm -hmm. and find something different and original and fascinating and gripping. So you must expand outside of your bubble. Yes. Inflate that bubble. So what's been streaming in your bubble other than squid game i haven't really been watching much recently a ted ted lasso i need to i need to finish that um i'm in the middle of the second season but that show is phenomenal for very specific reasons i need to see that because that's what like apple an apple tv show yeah. or something yeah yeah so. so that's 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 hard to like recommend to people just because it's you know it's, so a, it's a whole new service yeah but I've, I've heard there's some really good shows and movies on there so i think eventually it could be worth a look but to last it's just it's it's so positive but like not in a not in a way that doesn't make it funny. Like some things are like, you can try, you can tell that they're like being positive and it's kind of like eating into the comedy, mm-hmm. but like the show is funny because it's like overly positive in a lot of ways. It's just a really feel good, funny show. So um, highly recommend that. Honestly, I'm kind of like looking for my next thing. Like I said, I finished um, Squid Game recently. So I'm kind of in between shows, but trying to figure out whether I want to like rewatch something. Like I was thinking mm-hmm. about doing Game of Thrones but I also feel like there's so many other things that I need to watch um, that people recommend that I might just need to watch a new show. So mm-hmm. if you have any recommendations, let me know. What about you? Uh, well, let's see. I'm kind of, I'm kind of free of some pod watching right now. So I got caught up, finished uh, Doom Patrol season three, and I love that show. And that's a, it's a really, it's, it's I love that show. It's a lot of fun. It's fucking crazy. And so I'm not really, I'm kind of, yeah, kind of looking for like the new next thing. Timmy and I will get to the live action Cowboy Bebop eventually, but he's like the worst person to watch TV. (laughs) And it's almost like when he knows I'm excited about something, then he's purposefully just like, eh, (laughs) I want to watch Gold Rush. (laughs) We have like such different tastes too. It's hilarious, but um yeah otherwise so many options you can choose anything it's exciting too much and sometimes i get overwhelmed and i'm just like nope we're doing a rewatch yeah yeah (laughs) comfort that's worth it sometimes it's comfort it is yeah i agree so well that's gonna do it for us and so brian thank you for joining me today looking good brother thanks for having me yeah yeah 
And uh, thank you, Bubblies, for listening and tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed it. So until next time, keep streaming. Bye. 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 Weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) If you're enjoying this podcast, be sure to let me know by rating and reviewing wherever you get your podcast fix. Follow me on Twitter at Streaming Bubble. Find me on Facebook and Instagram as My Streaming Bubble. Have thoughts, suggestions, questions, or want to be tolerated? Email me at mystreamingbubble at gmail.com. If you want to show your love and support for this little old podcast in monetary form, search My Streaming Bubble over at buymeacoffee.com and buy me a cheese wedge. And if you want to take that love and support to the next level, head over to Redbubble where you can find and purchase My Streaming Bubble merch. All monetary support goes right back into this podcast from new recording equipment to night cheese. Thanks for your support and keep streaming.